0: This podcast is brought to you by Label Sessions, the global platform that connects you to the best advice from the most interesting people. In this exclusive series, entrepreneur and creative leader, Andy Norman, takes us through his views on creativity, curiosity, and guts. To find out more about Andy, listen to the Q&A listed in the show notes. To find out more about Label Sessions, visit labelsessions.com. Welcome back to CCG, the podcast that's so smart, you'll wonder why you didn't think of it first. Earlier in this series, I had casually mentioned that the origin for Creativity, Curiosity, and Guts came from teaching a group of cautious, overly analytical, and Marx motivated McGill University MBA students during the COVID ravaged year of 2020. To be more specific, though, that was the DNA behind the decision the raw material for me teaching it when they say the actual spark for bringing the ccng course to reality was ignited on the afternoon of sunday february 7th 2021 during a snowshoeing excursion near mansonville quebec on that fateful day i agreed to join my snowshoe keen ex-wife for a walk in the snowy woods while far from my favorite winter activity, I would snowshoe with her, provided I could listen to my music while doing so. She thought this oral accompaniment to be unnecessary and counterproductive. The sound of nature should be what you listen to, she said at the time. But since it was the only way I would be able to endure two hours or so of ones walking, she acquiesced. Maybe that's why she's now my ex. But anyway, so here we were on a crisp Sunday, about to embark on a hike. I plugged in my earphones, I used the wired version instead of my wireless Apple AirPods, lest I trip and lose one or both of the AirPods in deep snow, and I prepared to lose myself in the newly remixed version of the classic George Harrison album, All Things Must Pass. All things must pass. And that's when disaster struck. Oh no! Only the right side earphone was working. I tried restarting my Apple Music, rebooting my iPhone, clicking on other albums and streaming stations, licking the plug contact, anything to bring stereo music back to the dormant left earphone. Alas, try as I might, the only sound was in the right ear, and even that only a little trickle. This was far from the ideal way to listen to such a richly produced album like George Harrison's Masterpiece, which left me even more frustrated. But there was no way my ex was going to let me call off the walk, which I admit I had seriously suggested. So I asked myself, what can I listen to that requires less than high-fidelity sound? The answer was a series of audiobooks I had downloaded thanks to my subscription to the, yes, yes, you know it, The Wall Street Journal. I had about six audiobooks listed as unlistened at the time, including Anthony Bourdain's posthumous world travel and Alex Hutchinson's treatise on human capacity called Endure. But for some reason, still unknown to me, I chose Dr. Craig Wright's The Hidden Habits of Genius, which should be familiar to those of you who listened to CCNG episode number four. From minute one, I loved his book. Dr. Wright teaches what is known as the Genius course at Yale University, and in both the class and in his book, he's a strong proponent for teaching creativity. You know what? I thought to myself as I trudged through the calf deep white. My students last year could have used the course on creativity, but not just creativity, all the other non academic components that are so important in the corporate world today. Now that was the spark that lit up a cold, snow-filled forest and jump-started CC&G. And then, flame. flame. On Thursday, February 11th, 2021, after a few days spent refining the concept of cc and I pitched it via email to John Paul Ferguson, the academic director of McGill University's MBA program. On Monday, February 22nd, 2021, at 5 p.m., we got on a call together. If this came from anyone else, i dismiss it as ramblings from some lunatic, he said frankly, perhaps a little too frankly, but <laughs> I digress. But given your history, he went on, and your history with us, I'll take it seriously and consider it. Exactly one month after that conversation, I got the go-ahead. And that's the full true story of how the course, and ultimately this podcast, came to be. You can thank or you can blame a broken earphone. Yet, think about it for a second. So much could have changed the outcome. I could have had another set of earphones. I could have played my music out loud, another one of the suggestions, my ex-wife torpedoed. I could have chosen a podcast instead of an audiobook. I could have chosen another book instead of Dr. Wright's. I could have let Dr. Wright's inspiration be a fleeting fancy and forgotten all about it. I could have even been a person who likes the sound of nature and render all the previous points moot. Call it fate, call it luck, call it randomness, call it what you want, but the domino effect started by said broken earphone is the reason you are listening to this right now. By the way, that was the actual sound of falling dominoes. A little obscure, but hey, that's what they sound like. Anyway, the moral of this story... Life works in strange ways. Nothing is inconsequential. Nothing. That said, every choice you took today changed your life in some way. The traffic light you breezed through instead of stopping at it. The bus you just missed. The extra five minutes you spent on Instagram. The decision to walk up four flights of stairs instead of taking the elevator. Yep, every little step you took today changed the outcome of something. The aggregate effect altering the ultimate path of your life. So what does this all mean? Especially, what does it all mean in the business setting? It means that there are factors that will change the course of your professional career that you can't control, let alone understand. You can embrace randomness and take advantage of the discoveries you make by being open to randomness, by trusting randomness. And if you're willing to do that, you're going to enjoy the rest of this episode and ultimately the rest of your life. But as can be expected, enjoying the rest of your life isn't something that comes easy. The byproduct of trusting in randomness is a small action item called giving up control. Or, as Adita Menzel sang, let it go. Let it go, let it go, can't hold it back anymore. In his excellent book on randomness intoxicatingly titled The Drunkard's Walk, Physicist Leonard Mladenow explains that, A sense of personal control is integral to our self-concept and sense of self-esteem. There is a fundamental clash between our need to feel we are in control and our ability to recognize randomness. People like to exercise control over their environment, which is why many of the same people who drive a car after consuming half a bottle of scotch will freak out if the airplane they're on experiences minor turbulence. I guess the best way to put this relinquishing of control into context is that randomness is the difference between you taking risks and risks taking you. You know, about two minutes have passed since I've last used a pertinent personal story to make a point, so I think we're just about due. This is a quick yet macro control relinquishing story about how I got to be here today. No, no, it's not about my parents. For the sake of this story, here will be defined as having enough cred to write and record a marketing-oriented podcast in the first place. The story took place during my first year at Vanier College when I was kind of going to school part-time due to my full-time job as the entertainment editor of the Sunday Express newspaper. Given my professional responsibilities, I chose my classes to fit my work schedule, and on this first day of course selection, I found myself shut out, of the introductory psychology class that I was interested in. The course registrar, remember this was all done in person back then, the course registrar, she told me that I could take the same psych class later in the day. Uh, No good, I said, I gotta be at the office at that time. But then I asked, what else do you have in the 10 a.m. slot? She told me, well, there's introductory marketing. It didn't matter what word she said at the time, I would have signed up for introductory waste management at that point, as long as it fit the time slot. So, chalk one up for fate and randomness, because that class, taught by Canadian business legend Don Tobin, not only changed my perspective and my college major, but set me on a course that would influence every professional day of my life from that moment on, including this one. So, here's the thing about random events, such as the one at Vanier College. You can just let them happen and hopefully enjoy the ride, you can learn to recognize them and make them work for you. Or you can actively seek out randomness. To understand, wrap your head around this. Random isn't always random. It can be self-stimulated. I know that sounds dirty, but it's not. Let's move on. The secret is to generate random events. For example, I used to travel a lot for work and I liked to read. The two went well together. Now, I could have chosen to read in the comfort of my hotel room, but trust me, nobody's going to come knocking on my door and say, excuse me, let's partake in a chance encounter. So, I would lug my book down to the lobby or the hotel bar or a restaurant next door or any area buzzing with people. Now, while this would not happen all the time, quite often the simple act of reading acted like a human magnet, sparking conversation and questions from people like, what are you reading? Or... I heard about that book is it any good or i have that book it's one of my faves. or why are you wearing so much jewelry no matter what it ultimately led to public reading led to way more than being sequestered alone another way to seek out randomness is to disobey the ominous four word warning familiar to anybody who's ever had a mother namely don't talk to strangers now, now I get it. Moms, especially those of my era, thought of strangers as the boogeyman. And yes, while I don't suggest you throw caution to the wind and talk to just anybody, but discerningly curated strangers are the source of adventure, of discovery, and of opportunity. And yes, can't you just feel yet another pertinent personal story on the horizon? I won't disappoint you. This one took place on a chairlift in Vail where I sat exhausted after a fairly intense day of snowboarding. For those of you non-mountain types, chairlifts take a wide gathering of humanity, funnel it down to one line of four people, which jumps on the chair as it makes its way up the hill. Unless you are a group of four, the lineup process will toss some random person next to you to diminish the line and make the most efficient use of the chair's space. That should explain it. Well, on these treks up, some which can take as much as 15 minutes on a mountain, the vastness of Vale, there is very little to do to pass the time. You are basically faced with two options, ignore or engage. Given that the bearded guy next to me was holding a mascara, I decided to opt for the latter. And geez, I'm glad I did. His story was that the mascara was not his, but something he found in the lift line. He joked that maybe it would help him find the date that night. I asked him what he did, and with less than a minute left before the lift discharged us at the top, he replied, I'm a snowboard instructor. Wow! What serendipitous luck. Earlier in the day, I had contemplated upping my game by taking my first lesson in years. He graciously offered, I'll take a run with you and give you some pointers. Despite my fatigue, how could I say no? Anyway, after two invigorating advice and challenge-filled runs later, I exchanged contact info with Chris Sando Sandowski, former pro skateboarder, former railroad worker, world traveler, you see what two chairlift trips can reveal, and the guy who teaches the teachers at Vail. And that's just the point with strangers. As long as they stay strangers, we'll never know this stuff. The catch is that most people, especially me, believe it or not, most people are fundamentally shy. Trying to break the ice doesn't just require a sledgehammer, but also the type of confidence that could shrug off a cold shoulder. That's what's so great about the chairlift. You have no choice. The choice is made for you, completely at random. It's like the old chat roulette without the nudity. And worst case scenario, if the conversation is trite and leads to nothing, once you disembark at mountaintop, you'll never see each other again. So over and above what Sando taught me, what I learned is that we should borrow the chairlift process for other controlled random human pairings. This type of forced encountering works. I mean, some of the best dinner parties I've ever been to are the ones where they split up the couples and oblige you to sit next to someone you hardly know or never met before. You either converse or use your mouth just to eat and drink. So sorry, Mom, the problem with strangers is not that they are strangers. The problem is if they remain strangers. Strangers in the night, exchanging glances, wondering... And if you think that is counterintuitive, try this on for size. The best fuel for randomness is the much misunderstood concept of ignorance. Because of grotesque, moronic cartoon characters like Homer Simpson, Peter Griffin, and Donald Trump, the concept of ignorance has been given a profoundly negative connotation and a bad rap. Put in a business sense, it's really more like, well, as marketing guru Seth Godin puts it so succinctly, it's like bringing outside voices in. Unlike stupidity, ignorance could be cured and be helpful. During strategy meetings at both Just for Laughs and Airborne Mobile, companies that I ran, during these meetings, I would always ensure that we had at least one ignoramus in the room. Not a buffoon, mind you, but an ignoramus in the sense that they were outsiders, not specialized in our day-to-day affairs, yet interested enough to participate. Their general understanding or misunderstanding of the facts, the situations, the business, the history, the players, the what-have-you acted as a catalyst for discussion and discovery. At worst, the ignoramus made us explain things that had been overexplained ages ago. No! But at best, the ignoramus saw things differently and forced us to take his or her green or vantage point. Their outsider status sometimes made the most hardened veteran see something new or re-examine a decision long ingrained as, this is how we always do it. Trust me when I say that at these strategy meetings, just about every exasperated sigh of, was met with an equal contemplation of, hmm. So to close, two great sages pass judgment on ignorance. The first is creativity specialist Donald Wallace McKinnon, renowned psychologist and professor at the University of California, Berkeley. He said, The expert, all too often, knows that certain things are not so, or just cannot be done. The naive novice ventures what the expert would never attempt and often enough succeeds. But the final word goes to comedian Lou Dinos, who says, They say that ignorance is bliss. I don't know what that means, but damn, I'm happy. Before I go if you've dug what you've heard or if you hated it let me know at label sessions on Twitter Instagram TikTok or LinkedIn and although I know that I shouldn't I will read every comment and promise to respond to those without spelling grammar punctuation or other such nagging errors so until next episode see, see and G you later This podcast is brought to you by Label Sessions, the global platform that connects you to the best advice from the most interesting people. Around the world, we work with brands to connect their people to true leaders, just like the people you hear on this podcast, for live sessions of advice, mentorship, or sometimes to collaborate on ideas. To find out more, visit labelsessions.com and book in for a demo with our team.